Good morning, church. Thank you so very much for being part of our online worship assembly this morning. I am so thankful for you. I'm so thankful for your participation. I love you and I appreciate you. I'm excited to start this new series. The title of our series is You'll Be Glad You Did. I want us to think about what it's like driving down the road and looking in the rearview mirror. Because that's the way life is sometimes. We look back at the decisions that we've made. We look back at the the places we've been. We look back at the things that we've said and the things that we've done. Just like when you're driving in a car and you look in the rearview mirror, everything that you see in the rearview mirror are places that you were places that you have been, roads that you already have taken, decisions that you've already made. And there's really nothing you can do about the things that you see in the rearview mirror. Those things have already been done. Those roads have already been taken. Those decisions have already been made. Those choices have already been chosen. And and, And so sometimes we look back at the decisions that we've made and we look back with gratitude and we say, well, I am so glad that I did that. I'm so glad that I went there. I'm so glad that I took that road. I'm so glad that I made that choice. And other times we look back at the past. We look in the rear view mirror, so to speak, and we look back with regret and we say, I really wish that I had done things differently. But even though this is a series about the rearview mirror, it's not about the things that you've already done. In fact, it's about realizing that the place you are right now, if you were driving in a car and you were going down the road, you could realize that the place that you are currently, this spot right now, will be a place in your rearview mirror very soon. The decisions that you're making right now, the roads that you're taking right now, the spot that you are right now will be in your rearview mirror. So right now, at this moment, the roads that you're choosing right now, the decisions that you're making right now will be decisions that you look back on very soon with either gratitude, I am so glad, that I did that. I am so glad that I made that choice. I am so glad that I took that path or with regret. And you're going to say about the decisions that you're making right now, I really wish that I had done things differently. You know, we talk a lot about hindsight is 2020, right? We say that hindsight is 2020. And at a lot of times we're talking about our regrets. Well, maybe we talk so much about hindsight being 2020 because we don't work on our foresight. We don't work on our ability to look ahead, to look down the road, to look at the future and say, what will I think about this decision tomorrow? What will I think about this choice tomorrow? What will I think about choosing to go down this path Tomorrow, because pretty soon, this moment, this road, these decisions will be in your rearview mirror. And you'll either look back on them with gratitude and say, I'm so glad that I made that choice, or with regret and say, I really wish that I had done things differently. Wisdom, wisdom is about looking at this moment right now and choosing 
to do the things that you'll be glad you did later. Making choices to say, I'm going to do this right now because I know that tomorrow I'll be glad that I did things this way. I heard a quote one time and it's really stuck in my head for for several years. And this author said, I don't like writing. (laughs) That was kind of a weird thing for an author to say, but he said, I don't like writing. I like having written. And I thought, wow, that has so many applications. You stop and think about it. Books don't get written because the person that wrote them necessarily just loved writing in the moment. There's so many things in life that don't get done because somebody just liked doing it in the, minute, in the moment. They did it because they wanted to have done it. They did it not because it was what they enjoyed doing in that moment. Maybe it was drudgery. Maybe they hated doing it. Maybe it was boring. Maybe it was hard. Maybe it was challenging. Maybe it took so many sacrifices. But they did it because they wanted to be able to look back and say, I'm glad I did things that way. So often in our life, we live in the moment. And we do what we want to do right now. We do what feels good right now. We do what we enjoy right now. And then tomorrow or the next day or five years down the road, we look back at the decisions that we made and we say, I really wish that I had done things differently. Wisdom is learning to make decisions right now that we will be glad we made later. So here's the text we're going to look at this morning. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7. And I think this metaphor about sowing and reaping, planting and harvesting, will really help us to think about this idea a little bit better. Paul says to the church of Galatia, or to the churches in Galatia, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. If you want to eat a fresh tomato, I've never been a big fan of fresh tomatoes, but maybe many of you are. If you want to eat a fresh tomato out of your garden, what do you need to have done a couple of months ahead of time? You have to have planted tomatoes, right? The only way you're going to eat a fresh tomato from your garden is if you actually took the time to plant tomatoes in your garden. You can't eat a fresh tomato from your garden unless you actually planted tomatoes in your garden. And maybe planting, sowing, wasn't what you wanted to do in the moment, but it's what you will want to have done when you look back to say, I'm so glad that I planted that. I'm so glad that I sowed that seed so that now I can reap the harvest. And this is what it's like living a spiritual life. It's not always about doing what you want to do in the moment. It's about realizing that you're sowing seeds for the future. You're planting seeds for the future. And Paul begins this, this section right here by saying, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Don't be deceived into thinking that you're going to have the right sort of harvest if you don't do the right sort of planting. 
right? Don't allow people to fool you. And that's what Paul is dealing with in Galatia. He's dealing with false teachers who had come into the churches in Galatia and were teaching Gentile Christians that in order to have spiritual blessings, they needed to be circumcised. That was their whole message, was if you want to have the spiritual blessings, the blessings from the Spirit of God, if you want to be part of God's family, if you want to have the inheritance that God made to the promises that God made to Abraham and his children, if you want these blessings from the Spirit, you need to be circumcised. (laughs) And Paul says, no, that's planting fleshly seed and expecting a spiritual harvest. He says, God is not mocked. Don't be deceived. You're not going to have the right sort of harvest if you don't plant the right sort of seed. If you want to have tomatoes in your your garden, then you have to plant tomatoes. If you want spiritual fruit, you, you have to sow spiritual seeds. Don't be deceived into thinking that if you sow to the flesh, that you're going to reap from the Spirit. You are going to sow, you are going to reap, rather, what you sow. And if you want the right sort of harvest, you have to do the right sort of planting. Look at verse 8. He says, For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. The the circumcision group, and that's again in the context what Paul is dealing with, this circumcision group is sowing to their own flesh. And and in chapter 5, he he describes exactly what the results of that sort of thinking will be. He says in Galatians 5 verses 19 through 21, the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, Strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like this. Now, he's talking about religious people, right? These false teachers, this circumcision group that was trying to teach Gentile Christians to be circumcised in order to be part of God's family. These were religious people. But they were obsessed. They were consumed with the outward trappings of religion. In this case, circumcision. Maybe eating kosher foods. Keeping the law of Moses. But were unconcerned about the heart. Were unconcerned with the character. The unconcerned with the transformation that's supposed to be going on in here, in here. And we're more concerned about the flesh. And Paul is saying, listen, if that's what your religion is, if that's the seed you're sowing, then this is the sort of harvest you're going to reap. It's going to be corrupt. If you sow to the flesh, from the flesh you will reap corruption. And whether we're talking about idolaters, pagans that are living sexually immoral lives out in the world, in the first century world, or in today's world, or whether we're talking about religious people who are obsessed and consumed with the outward appearance 
the outward trappings of religion, the appearance of being religious, the appearance of being pious, whether we're talking about worldly, fleshly behavior or religious, fleshly behavior, it's all sowing to the flesh. And from the flesh, they'll reap corruption. If you sow toxic seeds, you'll reap a toxic harvest, right? If you plant toxic seeds, you'll harvest toxic fruit. And that's exactly what they were doing. And that's why there were things like enmity and strife and jealousy and fits of anger and rivalries and dissensions and divisions and envy and all of these fleshly things. So Paul says, listen, don't sow to the flesh, but sow to what? Sow to the spirit and from the spirit you'll reap eternal life. So what does that mean? What does it mean to sow to the spirit? Well, it means everything that Paul's been talking about in the book of Galatians. Chapter 3, verse 27, clothe yourself with Jesus in baptism. Be baptized into Jesus and trust him for your justification. That you are in right standing with God, not because of circumcision, not because you wear the right clothes, not because you eat the right food, not because you keep the right holidays, not because you're circumcised or you're not circumcised, but because you trust in Jesus. And, and then love your neighbor as yourself. Bear one another's burdens. This is sowing to the Spirit. And when you do this, when you're baptized into Jesus and you trust that you are in a right standing relationship with God because of your faith in Christ... And you bear one another's burdens and love one another as you love yourself. This is chapter 5 of Galatians. The, then you're sowing to the Spirit. And from the Spirit, he says, you will reap eternal life. Look at verse 9. He says, and let us not grow weary of doing what? Doing good. For in due season... We will reap if we do not give up. So he hasn't changed metaphors here. We're still talking about sowing and reaping. And this helps us to understand what it is to sow to the Spirit. He says, do good. Do good. Do good things. Do good to other people. This is sowing to the Spirit. This is planting seeds spiritual seeds and he says we will reap we will have a good harvest if we do not give up now there's something I feel like we need to point out here I think sometimes when we talk about sowing to the spirit versus sowing to the flesh that we might think we're talking about physical activities versus non-physical activities like Paul is saying, it's, it's not about what you do, it's about what's in your heart or what's in your mind or just these internal things. No. He's saying that sowing to the Spirit is doing good. In the name of Jesus, doing good. Changing someone's tire, it might be, or making someone a meal, or giving shelter to someone who doesn't have shelter, giving clothing to someone who doesn't have clothing, giving food to somebody who doesn't have food. These things are physical things, but they are sowing to the spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. 
This is what the Spirit's fruit looks like. And doing good to people, doing good to other people, this is what it looks like to sow to the Spirit. So we're not talking about physical behaviors versus non-physical behaviors. We're talking about fleshly behaviors, carnal behaviors versus spiritual behaviors. But then he says, let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Now, he doesn't mean, of course, that if we do enough good, that we will save ourselves, or that we will earn our salvation if we do enough good. He's not talking about earning our salvation. The entire book of Galatians makes that abundantly clear, that we are saved by God's grace through faith, that we are justified by faith in Jesus. So we don't do good in order to earn our salvation. It means that we're participating with the Spirit to bring new creation. That's what all of this is about. It's about participating with the Spirit of God to bring new creation. Sowing seeds of new creation everywhere we go in doing good. You see, the old world, the world that is passing away, that was a world in which people sowed and continue to sow, both in Paul's day and in our day, continue to sow seeds that were fleshly, violence and jealousy, division, pride, anger, Can you picture it in your mind? Sowing these seeds of darkness and evil, toxic seeds. And when they plant these toxic seeds, these seeds of the old world, these seeds of the world that is passing away, this anger and division and violence and hate and all of this envy and jealousy, What kind of fruit are they going to get from that sort of planting? What sort of harvest will they have when that's the sort of sowing that they're doing? What will they reap? Paul says, corruption. That's what you get when you sow violence, when you sow jealousy, when you sow divisions, when you sow pride, when you sow anger, when you sow racism, when you sow hate, you will reap corruption when you plant toxic seeds you get toxic fruit he says this is the kind of seeds that have been planted the kind of seeds that are being planted by those that are participating in fleshly things but you've been changed in Jesus and so we should be people that don't get tired of doing good, sowing to the Spirit. And we will reap in due season, in the future, we'll reap if we don't give up. You're going to get to the point where you look in the mirror and you say, wow, I'm so glad I participated with the Spirit. And then he says in verse 10, so then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to who? Everyone. And especially to those who are of the household of faith. This is what we're doing. New creation people. 
planting new creation seeds, sowing to the Spirit. And if we keep on sowing to the Spirit, not because it's what we want to do in the moment. There's times where we have opportunity to do good, to take someone a meal, to call someone on the phone, to change someone's tire, to clothe someone who needs clothing, to house somebody who needs housing, to feed somebody who needs feeding. There's times where we don't really feel like doing it in the moment, but we realize we're sowing seeds. We are sowing seeds of new creation, taking the Spirit's work everywhere we go. And the harvest, the harvest is the Spirit's fruit, love and joy, peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And for us, eternal life. Look at verse 11. He says, see what large letters I'm writing to you with my own hand. This letter was so incredibly important and he was so passionate about it. He wanted to write it down himself and make sure you know this is coming from me. He says, it is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who would force you to be circumcised and only in order, listen, that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. For even those who are circumcised do not themselves keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. You see that? Two things. Why is this group of Christians or this group of Judaizers who are trying to convince Gentile followers of Jesus that in order to be part of the family of God, you have to be circumcised. Why were they doing it? One, to avoid persecution, and two, to be able to boast. They, they didn't keep the whole law, but they said, see, you know, we're all on the same team here. We're all Jewish. We're all following the law of Moses. We're all doing what we're supposed to. See, even these Gentiles, they got circumcised. And Paul says it's just because they want to avoid persecution and they want to be able to boast. Fear and pride are their motivation. Fear, avoiding persecution, pride, the ability to boast in in these outward trappings of religion. And he says this circumcision party, these people that are saying this and doing this and insisting on this, They are sowing to the flesh. They are sowing the seeds of the old world, the world that is passing away. And it's just as futile and it's just as destructive and it's just as toxic as idolatry, as sexual immorality. All of this is, this focus on the flesh, this focus on the outward appearance, this getting caught up in the outward appearance of keeping the law while their hearts remain unchanged by the Spirit's work. Verse 14, but far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For neither circumcision counts for anything nor uncircumcision but a, see what it says? A new creation. I've been crucified to this world, Paul says. I've been crucified to this sowing to the flesh. Saul of Tarsus had spent plenty of time sowing to the flesh. 
And the works of his flesh were evident. The jealousy, the anger, the divisions, the violence. But now he says, I've been crucified to the world and the world has been crucified to me. It doesn't matter whether you're circumcised or you're uncircumcised. It doesn't matter. My circumcision, he's saying, doesn't count for anything. And your uncircumcision, it doesn't count for anything. All that matters is that you are in Jesus. All that matters is whether or not you're in Christ. And if you're in Christ, you are a new creation. You are part of the new creation. And if that's true, if that's true, that you are part of the new creation, then stop allowing these people to confuse you and to deceive you to thinking that you need to start sowing to the flesh. Keep sowing to the spirit. Keep sowing to the spirit. Even on days where you don't feel like it. Even on days where you're, you're getting tired and you're tempted to give up. Don't grow weary in doing good. Keep doing good. Keep doing good. Keep loving everybody. Keep doing good to everyone. As you have the opportunity, do good to everyone, especially to your brothers and sisters, the household of faith. And, and know that when you do good, when you love your neighbor, when you bear one another's burdens, you are sowing to the Spirit. You're sowing to the Spirit. You're participating with the Spirit in bringing new creation. Can you picture it in your mind? I hope we can picture that. I, I picture these seeds that are being sown to the flesh as just corrupt, toxic seeds. And you can see everything that's coming up from it is just toxic and corrupt and broken. And we can see that, can't we, as we look around at our world and we see all the sowing to the flesh both the secular sowing to the flesh and the religious sowing to the flesh. Nothing's changed from Paul's day to ours. There are still those, both in the secular world, the non-Christian world, the unbelieving world that are sowing to the flesh, and the religious world that are sowing to the flesh, that are caught up in, in just looking and appearing religious. And the works of the flesh are evident. Anger, jealousy, envy, dissensions, strife, jealousy, greed, corruption, 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 toxic, toxic brokenness everywhere you look. But then, but then there are these followers of Jesus who shine like lights in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation who are empowered by the Spirit and who are walking by the Spirit, and everywhere they go, they're planting seeds, sowing to the Spirit. Not because it always feels good in the moment, not because it's always what they want to do in the moment, but because they know that one day, one day they're going to look back at today and say, I'm so glad that I did that. I'm so glad that I sowed to the Spirit and not to the flesh. Let's end with this thought today, church. The seeds you sow today will bring the fruit you eat tomorrow, right? The seeds you sow today will bring the fruit you eat 
tomorrow. If you sow toxic seeds today, you will reap toxic fruit tomorrow. If you sow toxic seeds today, you will reap toxic fruit tomorrow. But if you sow healthy seeds today, you will reap healthy fruit tomorrow. We don't always plant because that's what we want to do today. We plant. We sow these seeds because we want to be able to look back and say, I'm sure glad that I did things that way. I'm sure glad that I sowed to the spirit and not to the flesh. And we don't have a a circumcision party today. I, I don't know if any group of people that are telling Christians that in order to be followers of Jesus, in order to be part of the family of God, they need to keep the law of Moses I don't know that that's a big push, and so that's probably not a big influence in your life. But everywhere you turn, every time you turn on social media, every time you turn on television, every time you listen to friends and family, chances are you're going to have an opportunity. You're going to have someone influencing you to sow to the flesh, to do what you feel like doing, to do what seems good, what feels good in the moment to engage in sexual immorality or idolatry or jealousy or fits of anger or rivalries or dissensions or envy or drunkenness. Everywhere we turn, there are people encouraging us. There are voices influencing us to sow to the flesh. But we also have the Spirit of God telling us don't sow to the flesh. Because if you do, if you sow to the flesh, from the flesh you will reap corruption. You can't sow those seeds and expect not to reap that fruit. You can't sow those seeds and expect not to reap that fruit. If we go around just like the world sowing toxic seeds, we are participating in the reaping of toxic fruit. But the Spirit of God empowers us with a new way to live, a new way of being human beings a new seed to sow. And we want to be able to look back on today without regret, don't we? Wouldn't it be great to look back on today, on this week, on this month, on this year, and to say, man, I'm sure glad. I'm sure glad that I took that opportunity to do good for those people. I'm sure glad that I took that opportunity to walk by the Spirit. I'm sure glad that I helped carry my brother's burden. I'm sure glad that I loved my neighbor. I'm sure glad that I used those opportunities to do good. I'm sure glad that I sowed seeds of faith. I'm so glad that I sowed seeds of love. We all have plenty of things that we can look in our rearview mirror and say, I wish that I hadn't done things that way. I wish that I hadn't said that. I wish that I hadn't done that. I wish that I hadn't gone there. I wish that I hadn't chosen to go down that path. We can all look back and look back with regrets. But we also know that because of Jesus, if we trust in him, we're clothed with Jesus in baptism, and we put our faith and trust in him, that he makes us right with God, he washes our sins away, we are forgiven in him. The question isn't, what do we see in our rearview mirror today? The question is, what will you see in your rearview mirror tomorrow? When you look back at today, What seeds will you have sown? Will you sow to the flesh 
or will you sow to the Spirit? Because remember, church, the seeds you sow today will be the fruit you eat tomorrow.